It's Monday evening and it's time for the TNC podcast. A warm welcome back, everyone. Jack Reeve and Chris Reeve joining you this evening after somewhat of a dismal display on Saturday. Um, we're going to be discussing all things Norwich City, the Watford game, what goes on next, a look ahead to Liverpool and Everton this week. And of course, answering all of your lovely questions that will be coming in throughout this evening. Welcome back. This is Talk Norwich City. Chris, have you cheered up? <laughs> have I cheered up? Have you cheered up? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. <laughs> I I have found it difficult. I was flat as hell after the game. And Sunday as well. I'm 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 really trying to not look at analysis and things like that. I just but I wanted to understand like how the hell did it go as wrong as it did? Um so yeah, I'd I'd be lying to say. Yeah, I'm cheery. I'm I'm optimistic and buzzing for the next game because at the moment I'm still in a place of, oh God, there's and I'm sure we'll get onto it, Jack. So just just so many things, in my opinion, went wrong in one game. It 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 injected me with with a massive dosage of of worry. And as in my opinion, um, a more positive and optimistic supporter, I almost worried myself. I got home and I was like. What am I? What am I doing? How am I in this mood? Um, and I just think so much was pinned on that one game. Um, it was a real hammer blow to uh, to my mood. I don't know about you, Jack, and I certainly know for a lot of the Norwich fans as well. Um, it boiled over in the in the stadium, and um, I, and I'm sure um, everyone would agree that social media was uh, was pretty toxic on uh, on Saturday night and Sunday. So. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. I think you made a really interesting point there about pinning all of our hopes on Watford. I, I think most I think most Norwich fans had that fear, but maybe didn't communicate it. And it it wasn't an, ex, an excuse because it was a valid reason where you look at the first four games and you're like, well, if we don't pick up anything, that's fine because we're not really expected to. But you then look at the fifth game, which was, was of course, Watford, and suddenly there's heaps of pressure one, because Watford have already got points on the board, so there's not as much pressure for them. But equally, like that's it's still not an easy game against Watford. They're a good side. And you just you you do look at the start to the season and you're like, the priorities feel, feel like they've been misplaced. It feels like we've been a bit complacent with our approach to certain games. Leicester felt like a game that we should have got something from. Arsenal felt like a game we should have got something from going into it. Um, That's and, the then, thing. and then and then we 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 have to go into a game against Watford where there yeah. shouldn't be that much pressure on it. We if yeah. we lose, it shouldn't be as detrimental as it, as it has been. That the thing, and and you've made me you've reminded myself of 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 the of the pain because I've publicly said before, you know, Leicester was our first shoulder. They were there for the taking, and I'm not taking people saying, um, oh, you know, it could have been a draw, a draw. A draw. We could have went. We could have won that comfortably. Mm. We had the chances. We had the possession. We had the chances on goal. I, I, I genuinely think that. And Daniel Farkas' tactics, in my opinion, for that Leicester game were great. Um, I thought that we. I thought the balance was was really good, and we got it right. And the subs came earlier, and everything went well. We got unlucky, of course, with the VAR, but you can't blame that. We we should have taken our chances. But the thing that concerned me having zoomed out on the Watford game yesterday Jack is that I personally think that we've regressed since the Arsenal performance and I looked at the Arsenal performance and I went oh, okay that's fair enough you know a few tweaks here and there you know it's away it's at the Emirates it's still a big game you know maybe a, a false a false illusion of the table really Arsenal shouldn't be where they are they've still got world-class players playing for them obviously massively underperforming but they've still got world-class players there, Aubameyang, Pepe for God knows how much money, Ben White, um, you know, they spent the most money in the Premier League. So it was a big ask. Um, I know we didn't get, uh, I think it was only one shot on target away at the Emirates, but we defended on the whole well, I think. Obviously, we made a, a, a bit of a sloppy mistake. I think it's through Handy for Arsenal's goal. But I personally just feel like we, we regressed. And that's the worry for me, Jack, is that it's not just that Watford performance in isolation. Daniel Farker in his press says today it was one 
it was one bad game. You know, we've basically only had one bad game um, because because it was Watford. But for me, should have beaten Leicester, and 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 could have and could have and should have got a draw against Arsenal. Really, I know we got a little bit unlucky with Arsenal's goal, but we we can't be blaming that. Like we put the what the thing that, and I'm sure we'll go into this deeper chat. But the key thing about that Watford game, and I broke it down in a Twitter thread yesterday, was was. You can't excuse the 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 lack of pressure. Like mm. there was periods where we were really putting them under pressure, and they made mistakes. Um, and Is and this they Watford or yeah, yeah, no Watford, and and they made mistakes. You know, they gave the ball away, and they were who everyone was saying they were, which was a team that was really in a bit of a lull. Um, and as soon as we took the foot off the gas, or the system didn't complement, and um, I just felt like we just didn't do the basics against Watford, which which is a massive, massive worry in terms of psychology. Yeah, great to see uh, Thomas in the comments uh, donating a, a chunk towards Matthias Norman's wages by the looks of things. 100 uh, Norwegian kroner. Thank you so much, Thomas. Uh, good Lord, lads. I've missed the watch-alongs. Where do we go from here? What are your honest assessments Personally, I've never felt as down as I did this weekend. Well, Thomas, you're in the right place. We're going to use uh, the next sort of 50 minutes or so as a bit of therapy for us all to chat things through. Where did it go wrong? And how do we, more importantly, get things back on the right road? Thanks so much for joining us this evening. Don't forget, Jack, that Thomas is the man that's promised to get an I love that from you tattoo of Norris City Survive. And he's donating um, £200 to Norris City CSF as well. I'll be matching that with a donation to our official charity partner of the season, Big C. Um, yeah, um, it, I, look, people won't like me saying this, but and and I made you change the title before we went on. You know, I think. I do think perspective is important. People hate hate me saying this and I'll get criticised for it, but I don't care. It will never be as bad as losing 7-1 at home to Colchester in League One. It will never be that bad. So for me, we have to look at this as a, a you know, we need to try and be a little bit careful and don't be so doom and gloom. There is the opportunity to go to Goodison Park and get our season up and running. Um, so long as the, 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 the system that we play is the, is, is, is the right one. Um, Daniel Farker sets up the team um, and counteracts Rafa Benitez's tactics to perfection. And the basics and the psychology from, from the boys is all right. We can't be putting our heads down after going after going a goal down. That stat, Jack, which we yeah, all know, is, it? it's, oh, really it's horrible. Annoying. It's a horrible, horrible stat. And it's, it's poison that we've got to get out of our system. We've got to find a way. And if that means that we need to start to become a bit of a shit outside, then do it because we can't keep doing that. It's it's so poor. I, I, I saw that and I assume the stat you're referring to is the fact that Norwich City in the last the last 30 times Norwich City have gone behind in the Premier League. They haven't picked up a single point from their Correct. games. And I was and I was looking at that stat amongst the other uh, you know, multitude of, of just damning statistics after Saturday's game. And I was like, why is it that we just can't come back from going behind? And and I think I've come to the bottom of it. And I don't think it's an answer I wanted to come to. You know, I sit next to you in the, in the Barclay, as I have done for the past, well, ever since Daniel Farker has, has been in charge of Norwich City. And you've always, you've always had one criticism for Farker. And I've never fully been on board with it. It's, it's his substitutions. Now, I've usually been able to, to come up with maybe a, a reasoning or an excuse or something to justify the manner in which Daniel Farker goes about substitutions. And I think he gets away with it in the championship because often, one, we've got better players in the opposition and two, the opposition isn't as good as, good as us. And on the course over the course of the season, he can get away with it. Daniel Farker's in-game management for the Premier League at this present time simply isn't good enough. And we are seeing that with the statistics. And I think it's one of the reasons why the, um, the, 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 the stat that we've now lost 15 straight Premier League games is relevant. Now, I get people saying, well, you can't use that stat because it's over the course of two separate seasons and lots of change. I get that. But there are similarities between the two seasons, mm -hmm. same head coach, same backroom staff, similar players. And 
sadly, that same stat where when Norwich City go behind, and we will do a lot this season, we do not get points. Not one point, not three points. And that is the sign of a team that will be relegated. Teams that stay up get points against Leicester, maybe not Arsenal, and get a point against Watford. At 1-1, Norwich City are in that game. 2-1, Norwich City could still be in that game if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And yet they continuously and repeatedly throw away positions where they could pick up points. Now, I like Daniel Farker. I think he's the right man for the job. But we can't be putting him in, a, in an elevated position because of what he's done. There are clear weaknesses in this man's portfolio, as there are across the board. There are There is not a single manager in the Premier League that doesn't have a weakness. And I think the weakness is now being really highlighted with Daniel Farker, that he has a complete inability at this present moment to change in-game um, scenarios the way he would like. You only have to look back at this weekend's opposition in Everton they're a perfect example. Now, not everyone's a massive fan of Rafa Benitez, but in their game, um, what was it, last week, the week before, they were 1-0 down. He brings on substitutions early. They go on and win the game 3-1. I, I just don't think Farker's at that Premier League level yet. Um, and I think with a little bit of work there, he is a Premier League manager. At the moment, he has continually failed at the highest level. I I disagree with a lot of that. Um, I agree with some parts as well. Um, I first of all, I want to talk about that that data set of looking at the two Premier League seasons under Daniel Farker. Um, I'm not sure that's fair. Um, and actually, we talk about um, you spoke about you know Daniel Farker's lack of respect, quote unquote, towards the fans with his comments, but actually. I will reciprocate some respect to Daniel Farker and say I think it's unfair to look upon that Premier League season first time and add that and accumulate it onto this one. Because but why? Because because Jack, we spent bugger all, bugger all, and and I, and that's not Daniel's fault. And 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 I'm and I really and I mean this with every bone in my body. That first season, I know there were things he did wrong, but that season, you can say inexperienced, new manager, fair enough. He then comes down to the championship and he wins the league with a records point total. Now, I know people will be screaming at the at the, at the screen right now. They'll say, Chris, it doesn't matter. That's history. It's done. But my point is, I just want to really, I, I, and I kind of agree with that, so I'm contradicting myself. But what I want to make clear is that looking at that first Premier League season and adding it on to this one, I think is nonsensical because of the amount of money we spent. And also, everyone knows the recruitment last time in the Premier League was absolutely woeful. And people know that. And Jack, what I need to say as well, which might surprise you, is I know that I've, I've always said Daniel Farker doesn't bring on his subs early enough. I actually think this season he has brought his subs on early enough, which I've been really happy with. We've got, in my opinion, Premier League quality to bring off the bench now. I'm really happy with that. But for me, the starting 11s and the system that we're playing has been wrong. So it's actually almost like the other way around this time. And one yeah. of the things, I know this is a bit of a monologue, so forgive me, Jack. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, criticism and being in bed with a club and negativity and all of that in a minute. I want to be really, really clear here. And I really don't want people to mix my words. I am Daniel Farker's biggest fan. He is the most successful head coach in my in my whole life that I've supported Norwich. I've supported them through some dross times. He's played. Are we going most- off statistics before. there? Or are we going off emotion? For Daniel Farker, stats. Well, well Paul, Lam- Paul Lambert, Paul Lambert will be the will be the main man there. Why? Two promotions kept us in the Premier League. Higher win, higher win rate, but not the records point total in the Premier League. No, but that well, in, in the Premier League, he'd have a higher points total. Okay, look, I'll, okay, look, I'll face up to this one, Jack. I think you've got me there, but the reason why, the only reason why you've got me is that Lambert went to the scum, right? And I think that's why you can't give you can't give it to Paul Lambert anymore. Come on, let's. No, be I'm, I'm I'm being pedantic there. I mean, yeah, Farquhar no, has been one of the most successful managers in our in our lifetime, but I think it would be. Um, I don't I don't like when I I think people struggle to give criticism 
to towards people because they then they are then deemed to be seen as as kind of not liking that man. I think it I think we're we're all grown up enough to be able to criticize people and have enough nuance about an argument to to highlight the good points as well. Daniel Farker uh, Daniel Farker's ability to improve players I think is one of the best in the Premier League and the championship. He's clearly one of the best championship managers of the last decade, not just Norwich City, but across the board. Daniel Farker is a very, very good head coach. But I think unless we start to look at weaknesses, not only with Daniel Farker, but also individual players and Stuart Webber and um, and head you know, staff, that we're not going to be able to improve. And I think that's the position we're in now is we've praised Stuart Webber to the hilt. He's made mistakes. We've criticised it. We think we've got it right with recruitment now. Individual players get criticism. They bounce back. It, it, it feels like we're in a situation where you can't criticise Daniel Farker without them being deemed as Farker out. I think I think that's let's, a really dangerous position to get in. Well, let's yeah, and let's open up that can of worms. What, what I would what I would challenge. Thanks to Jay, by the way. Thanks, Jay. Cheers, Jay. Lovely. Is that a dog or a cat? That's a dog. <laughs> Lovely dog. Uh, sorry. Um, I just uh, one of the things that I do want to say is that we need to be careful that we're not scapegoating and and one of the things that we failed on big time last time in the Premier League was a lack of accountability and responsibility. I was like a broken record, Jack. It was always one person's fault or one person's mistake. But the whole reason why I'm so down about the Watford game is that I don't think you can. I don't think you can say oh, that's Daniel Farkas fault, well, or I don't think you can say, oh, you know, Kenny skied it up into the air, or oh, I was anchored back, missed, or I don't know. You, I just think collectively there were so many areas on the pitch that didn't pull together in the Premier League. In the mm. Championship, you can get away with saying, oh, well, that's just a case of I don't know X Y Z player giving it away, which resulted into the goal. Everything else was perfect in the Premier League. Everything's got to just work, and. I think one of the things that I am I'm not comfortable with is pinning the blame on one single person, and I want people to hold me accountable. I don't think we've done that, have we? I don't. I, don't I think, think we. No, I don't think so. But I think that we're. I think we, as a collective unit, the fans, were on a very slippery slope. It's turned very quickly. I know the Watford game was dismal, but on reflection, you know some of the things that are being said about about Daniel Farker in my opinion are done right disrespectful considering what he's done for this football club and we're only 5 games in i know it's been a shit start i'm not trying to gloss over it but at the moment as i've always said you can polish a turd but you can't polish diarrhea ipswich town and league 1 diarrhea you can't polish that but at the moment, we can polish our shit start to the Premier League by getting a result like way against Everton if we play the right system with the right tactics and the players don't make individual mistakes. Those three things have to happen to try and get results as soon as possible. When does it turn from scapegoating to just rightly criticising? Like, what's well, the tipping point? Well, look, I want to talk. I want to talk about that whole criticism thing, Jack, because I think you've, I think you've come under under fire and I think some of the things you said I've even said to you you know before the game I've gone cool blimey Jack that tweet was a bit <laughs> full on and you've gone well that's how I feel mate and I said okay you know that's not what I believe but that's what you believe and that's fair enough and I respect your opinion and and and, and vice versa um and you've come under fire uh to be honest with you not just yourself lots of people have you know and i what really saddens me is that we're only five games in and there's the there is a quite a big fan divide already. I can I can see it coming, and I feel like I'm not over-egging this. Well, you me, could hear it, Carrot, as well. Let me know in the comment section if I'm wrong. But to me, it seems like there is now a vocal minority of people that uh, that don't want Daniel Farker at the helm anymore, and everyone is just arguing against each other, which is just the worst thing possible being in the position that we're in. I do think, of course, Farker should take some responsibility for his press comments. We've gone over and over and over that, and hopefully he learns from, from that mistake to not start um, you know, saying basically what the fans can and can't say. And You can criticise. It's okay to constructively criticise. And of course, you know, don't get personal, don't send abuse to players and all that stuff, of course. Um, but I agree with your points, Jack. You know, I, I think it's unfair for um, for people that are purely only positive 
to start having a go at the people that are be, perceived as being negative when actually they are fairly they they're fairly constructively criticizing rightly so because it's been a shit start hmm. yeah I, th I think yeah i mean i think that i was very unhappy with the way daniel farker handled the press and, and i was on the flip side i thought i was delighted with how he came out today he took responsibility um, i was really happy with the way that he was asked what did he think of the booing and he said i wanted to boo myself like the fans mm. um had the right to do that i don't i don't boo and i know you don't boo chris and i don't it's not something i'd want to do I, I get why people did it i think it was it was justified if that's the way in which you want to uh, vocalize your your dismay the, the the reason i was frustrated with daniel farker is is it's fine to criticize fans for providing critique as long as you hold up your end of the of the of the promise there and, and Daniel Farkas basically said the fans come you support you know universally and we will hopefully provide a performance that justifies that support and uh, justifies the support of, of of individual players he reeled off the criticism of Timmy Puki and Lucas Roop um Grant Hanley etc the fans came and supported but they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. The performance was lacking. I didn't see enough effort. I must admit, I didn't see enough pressing. Um, I didn't pressing. see enough of, of the of the best of the basics. Yeah, and that comes through effort. I think. Um, I, well, I, I think I think the word effort. We need to be careful with that. And and I'm lucky and blessed enough to talk to current pros and former pros. To say they don't put in the effort is is not fair. But I agree, Jack. Pressing is important, and I know that is effort, right? Yeah. But you've got to understand, for example, that Matthias Norman was was doing the job of, in my opinion, two central defensive midfielders. Yeah, yeah. He's run ragged on his debut for Norwich City. Um, no, I, no, that's fair. That, but, that's fair enough. You know, Jack, I just want to go to Daniel Farker's press comments um, today because it's fair to do so. I agree with you. I loved, I loved what you said today. It was really well, it's accountability, it. isn't it? Yeah, but also I think. I think he's probably under the uh, under the magnifying glass because, of course, the results haven't been going well. So he doesn't need to be careful with what he says. We make mistakes all the time in what we say. I, oh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe use too many swear words or or I get a fact or stat wrong. And you know, so so one of the things I do want to be careful of is saying, yeah, I'm not. We're not pretending that we're the perfect people, and and Daniel Farker can't ever make a mistake. You know, he's made one there, but. For me, his press comments today were excellent. The only thing that did challenge me, Jack, which I'm sure people will agree with in the comments, because um, I know that some people have said it on social media, but again, I think they've only said it because he's under the magnifying glass, so to speak, um, is that he has made comments about young players. Um, and, you know, the, another opinion to, to maybe be contrast to that is Michael Bailey says, well, hang on a minute, Daniel. He's not said that, but he's, he's tweeted it today. You've got experienced players on the bench. Yeah, yeah. So which way do you want it to be? Yeah. I don't think you can be in between. Um, you know, you've suffered, you know, four big, I say big, you've suffered four defeats. You're at home to Watford. Be safe, be assured, play your most experienced team. And a player that's not getting a shout out, by the way, is Todd Cantwell. Mm. He's played a season in the Premier League. He's made the most tackles at, in that Norwich side. And yeah, he's not even getting a game at the moment. So uh, the only thing I would disagree with today is, is maybe the maybe the excuse of the young players. And I feel for, and, and by the way, I feel for Brandon Williams today because similarly to Daniel's comments about Lucas Rue, Brandon's almost been highlighted today as, as someone that was almost at fault, in my opinion. That's how I interpreted it. And I felt that was a, a little bit it, hard. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I've really liked what I've seen from Brandon Williams. But unfortunately for him, there has been, I think in every game he's played, a mistake that's led to a goal. If that's in, if, if, if he plays to the same level he does in the Championship, he's probably the Championship's best defender. In the Premier League, you can do 89 minutes of brilliance, which on the whole he has done. Mm -hmm. Is one mistake which leads to a goal. I'm just going to quickly run through some super chats. Thank you so much to everyone uh, who's dropped in a super chat. Um, DXN, this is a brilliant comment. Statistics don't tell a story. Statistics are used to tell a story. Yeah, often agreed. supporting a narrative of choice rather than defining the narrative itself. Uh, agreed. Uh, that's spot on. And I think we're all, on. we're all guilty of that. 
We're all guilty of that to an extent, myself included. Uh, Simon Dwight. Hello, Simon. Uh, hello. It looks like a new group of players to me that need the time. Yeah. I've never been Farker's greatest fan, but even I think he deserves more time. That's fair enough, Simon. I think you're, you're spot on there. Uh, Chris Dayton. Hello, Chris. Uh, I said it on Saturday, boys. We were playing like we were top of the championship, not bottom of the Premier League. No urgency, pressing, must do better. Simple as. Mm. Um, yeah, it's hard to disagree with any I of think... them, Chris. Uh, Connor, finally, uh, in the Premier League, we've got some fairly winnable, durable games. How long do we give Daniel Farker to win some points? I think this is a fascinating one, Chris. In terms of give him time, I agree. Players need time to bed in. Daniel Farker needs time to get this group together. The one thing in the Premier League you don't have is time. You saw Sheff you saw Sheffield United last season, right? Ten games without yeah, a win. Yeah, I know. You're down already at that. Point. I want look. I want to disagree with you with every bone in my body. I want to say patience. I, you know, I, I, I want to say that, but and that's I, the right, and that is the right thing. But you, yeah, you, but, you don't have the time. But the the thing is, is that we Norwich fans have experienced this only recently. We know what it's like. We know how important momentum is. Um, I just want to actually just say, could just quickly, Jack, a, a comment before I go and talk about stats, as soon as we're on stat, uh, stats around the Everton match coming up. Um, I, I really, really want to highlight this from Cameron Hansel on YouTube. Um, we'll talk about his um, his suspect profile picture in a minute, um, class profile picture, by the way. Um, he says, Jack, let's not forget that midfield didn't help Brand now. This is an important point. I'm not disagreeing with that, Cameron. And this is an important point that we are a collective unit. And at the moment, there hasn't been enough protection for Grant Hanley, Ben Gibson, Brandon Williams, Giannoulis, Max Aarons. These boys are put, have been put under um, intense pressure. They Basically an onslaught of constant attacks because we've not had Matthias Norman in position. And we've also not played a, a system in which is actually just trying to shut up shop for the first half. To be fair, we have done that a couple of times. Credit where credit's due. Um, Arsenal and possibly Leicester as well, I think. Prove me wrong. Um, is that incorrect? Uh, we, I think we conceded first half against Leicester. Okay, fine. Oh, I get the point. I get the point. Anyway, you get my point. That's an important point, And I really, really like that comment. And now I want to share a stat, Jack, as soon as we speak about statistics. Um, we've got fantastic TNC opposition preview coming out this week. By the way, Jack, what day is it coming out? We've not discussed this yet. Thursday. Thursday. Thanks for letting me know, mate. Um, I'm going to be recording it with uh, with an Everton fan from another channel. And um, one of the things that that I've uh, realised, which I think is actually maybe a little good sign, clutching on the straws, is the last time we went to Goodison away in the Premier League. Do you remember the game, Jack? I do. We won. Yeah, we won two. The icon scored. And Todd Campwell, Campbell. right? But crucially. Before that victory, we had just lost seven games on the bounce. Oh, seven. wow. Seven. So maybe Everton, maybe Goodison is happy hunting ground for the Canaries. Who knows? Put it this way, Jack. There certainly won't be the type of pressure that there, that there has been, uh, you know, going to that Watford game away at Everton. Surely. Yeah. I, I, that's maybe us. We, we've, you know, I'm trying to put a stat in to get the mood up in here. No, but, I like it. You know, do, do, do you love that, Jack? Well, well, the, the earlier brilliant comment that said statistics are used to kind of suit a narrative. You've you've pulled out a stat there which suits the positive narrative. And I like it. Matt Vitesse. Hello, Matt. Uh, I feel like Farker doesn't have a plan B. Sometimes we need a change of formation and tactics to get mm -hmm. through a game. Keep up the good work, lads. Um, Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Although, and I did want to speak about this, actually. We're, we're playing a different formation to what has been successful in the past with Daniel Farker. The, the championship promotions have been uh, predominantly based on a 4-2-3-1. Pookie at the top. Um, of course, we've had Oliver Skip in that before. We haven't got him this season. We're kind of going for like a 4-3-3 at the moment. Is it a 4-3? Something like that. And it's I, I don't think it's working. The midfield look exposed. We are continuously... Yeah, that's a good point, actually. We are continually getting bombarded down the flanks um, and we're not creating enough. I With, with Liverpool coming up uh, tomorrow night, Chris, 
in the cup. I think Klopp will will field a fairly weak squad, quote unquote, um, compared to their to their usual eleven. For me, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. For me, we go four two three one. We play pretty much the same side as we did against Watford. I would have loved to have seen Todd in there, but unfortunately, he's out with, for for personal reasons. So hopefully, everything's good good in the in the Cantwell household. Um, would you do that, or would you stick with the same formation? Because I know that you've been slightly frustrated with uh, with with Gilmore, and you would have liked to see him a bit more advanced. Yeah. I think it's that midfield friction for you, isn't it? Yeah, I, I definitely want to see. Billy Gilmore more advanced and perhaps Todd being out will will um, enable us to to do that. Um, I think certainly in the Premier League, we need to be playing with two central defensive midfielders. I I personally think that either looks like Kenny or PLM next next to, literally next to Matthias Norman um, in order to, to stop the onslaught and protect the defence. That's what Daniel Farker has said that they've been working on a wall or will be working on on. Um, this week in, in in training, going into that Liverpool Jack, I'm going to be a rubbish pundit here. I don't have a bloody clue. I can't decide. I chop and change. And do you know what? Daniel Farker is so much more qualified than me to call the shots and to and to make the right decision. I don't know, Jack, whether I would keep the same team to try and get them some confidence because surely that I know Liverpool's even Liverpool's third team is you know a real solid solid team. And um, that can cause any any opposition problems, and um, but at the same time, I almost don't want to put out those same lads because what if they get beat in the cup by those boys? You know yeah. that would that would be even worse for confidence. So, my I, I think I'm leaning more towards making more changes. Oh after. wow! Okay. Yeah, because I, I still think I, I really want to see Zolis on the ball more. We've not yeah, given yeah. Yeah. In, in those advanced positions enough. I still think Milo Rashica needs time to adapt to the English game in terms of linking up um, with Timu Puki. I think that we could still be testing that that Josh Sargent and, and Puki partnership, but at the same time, you don't want to risk or maybe you don't start Puki because we don't want to we don't want to just run Puki into the ground like we did last time in the Premier League. I don't know. Is is this not a great opportunity to bed in like the, the two players you stand out because they haven't had much game time is that of Kabak and Matthias yeah. Norman. Is this not the perfect opportunity to bed them in? Uh I would play Matthias. Um I would um I would definitely play Big Andy. Um and I would also and I would definitely play Kabak. Um, because okay. I, I think, I think, um, yeah, I agree with that. I think Big Andy absolutely deserves that that game one hundred percent. He's been that's my that's my centre back pairing for Saturday actually. Oh really? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I think <laughs> I can't argue against it because of the results that we've had. But I don't know. And let us know in the comments, you know. And there's already some people that have been uh, getting their teams in. Let's read. Um, let's start reading some. I just, just want to. I want to get this in from Graham. Uh, bring some perspective. We are three points from safety with 99 points left to play for. Four other teams have not won a game, and two have only won one. There are better things to come. I love that from you, Graham. Yeah, I like that, Graham. I, I need I really that. Do. If you would have told me that yesterday, I would have reacted really poorly. Today. I'm I'm taking it in with love and gratitude. So thank you, Graham. Yeah, I agree. Top man, Graham. We really needed that. Let's start going through people's teams. Um, Elliot Pearson, first of all, he says Angus Gunn and goal. Yeah, yes, agreed. Mumba, no. Oh, not for me. I, I I think Max. Um, I think Max Aaron's had his. I'm not going to say the worst, one of his worst performances in a Norwich shirt on Saturday. I think this is the perfect opportunity for Max to bounce back. And I think he's still getting used to the system and the players he's playing alongside. I think he needs needs a rest. No, I don't buy that. He's he's young and he's fit. He doesn't need a rest. So this is my my thinking. Let me provide context. My thinking is Norwich City are on a horrendous run of form. What Norwich City need is a, a scenario where the pressure's off a little bit in front of a packed crowd. It's a sellout at Carrow Road mm. against an opposition that's slightly weaker to the, what we're going to face in the Premier League. We need an opportunity to play as one. We had a hindered pre-season. Let's yeah. not make wholesale changes. Let's beat Liverpool. And I think we will. And a lot of people will be surprised with that. I think we'll win tomorrow night. And I think that sets up a perfect opportunity and a complete mind sh- uh, mindset shift going into two tough away games. 
I think you go against Liverpool with a relatively unchanged side. You beat them and you go to Goodison with your heads held high. I think making changes, in my opinion, and this is very unlikely because I often want changes to be made in the cup game. I think that would be the worst possible thing to do. What was the game after the Bournemouth game? I'm trying to be positive. No, um, no, I'm going to go after Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Was it Man Man City? Maybe. No, it wasn't. Was it? I thought it was Leicester or Arsenal, wasn't it? If I, has my brain escaped me? Let me have a look. Let me let me use. Let me. Have a I'm look. not sure it was. Anyway, um, we lost it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Go, on, go back through the fixtures. Anyway, my point is, I don't think it's going to be end of the world if we do make wholesale changes. But what I would like, and I and I love the fact that you're actually it was being... Leicester. It was Leicester. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So here's my point. We made plenty of changes into that going to that Bournemouth game. The lads looked rested, rejuvenated, and and actually they gave a really good performance against Leicester. I know we didn't win. I know we didn't draw, but the performance had the right ingredients to go and beat Leicester. We need all the right ingredients, Jack. So actually I've changed my mind. I've talked myself into it. I'm making a lot of changes going to this Liverpool game because I, I think that the lads are I just, I just think this is a squad effort this season. I really do. And I think that we need to get a lot of these players up to speed still, Jack. So I would be making changes. Yeah, but this, is, this is my point, Chris. And I get, I do get where you're coming from, I promise you. This <laughs> is my point. We need to get players up to speed. But the players we need to get up, up to speed are the ones who were playing on Saturday. The likes of Quebec, the likes of Norman, the likes of Sargent. If you if you chuck him back, Bally Mumba's not starting Saturday. What's the point of getting him up for, for Saturday when he's not going to play anyway? Well, just to, I just maybe just to give Maxi a rest. And um, can I just he doesn't he doesn't I, need a rest? I don't know. I don't know if this is trolling or a compliment. And um, can you explain to me what this means, Jack? Classic double-barreled Reeve articulacy, entirely spiffing and pudulent. I don't know. I follow Chris on Twitter, and he's very what? he's very clever. So hmm. I suspect that Chris has picked up on something that I've maybe said wrong. Or me? Oh, is it you or me? Well, or we're, don't, let's take collective <laughs> criticism, or it could be a compliment. Chris, <laughs> speak in fleck high language, yeah. very basic, very simple, and we might be able to understand it. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Chris. Um, Chris Dayton says, Chris is clutching Ari Everton point, but God, I love that from you. <laughs> uh, live TNC therapy. Yeah, you know, you know. Oh, Look, big up, by the way. Sorry, I, I was just going to say, um, we've just had a comment from Leon Mallet, um, absolute top man, and he's getting his team in. By the way, he's just started a YouTube channel. Go and check it out. Um, I will be on there at some stage. Sorry, I've not been on already, Leon. I, I will say, just before you read this out, go on. that's my team as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, wow. I just read it through. That's my team. The Jack Reed blessing. There you go, Leon. He says, Gun, Aaron's, Quebec, Big Andy, Williams, PLM, Norman, Gilmore, Zolis, Sergeant, Rashitsa. Yeah. I like that. I'd be quite happy with that. The, I don't uh, know. Let me, let me look. The only thing I would possibly change is I would, hang on, what's the formation is that? Four, How is Shianulis not getting in though? After well, Brandon, after yeah, Brandon. I mean, I mean, that's, if there were, if, if there were one player I would change, it would, like, it would possibly be, I think Shianulis can feel, the most hard done by out of the squad to be dropped. But for me, Leon, that's my team as well. And okay. it would have been Campwell in there if, it, if he hadn't have been ruled out in, in today's press conference. There you go. What's next on the agenda, Jack? Come on. Um, let I, I want to talk a bit more about, um, just, just to finally cross off the Watford game. Um, <laughs> Can we just get over no, it? I'm not, no, I just, I just wanted to, to pick up on one final thing. And it's a positive thing. Whoa, whoa, Josh Sargent Sargent and Timu Puki. Yes, please. Is that something we want to carry forwards? Yes. We like that, yeah? It will surprise me if anyone in the comment section disagrees with that because I thought Josh Sargent, I was very, very impressed with Josh Sargent. I was very, very impressed with him. I, and do you know what surprises me about Josh? Oh, hang on quickly, Chris. Um, Chris Sadler, it was a compliment. Love the Reeve. Oh. That's right. Chris, Thanks, thank you Chris. so much. And Chris is a very good follow on uh, on Twitter, I must say. Chris, we're just we're just used to just getting uh, we're getting <laughs> you'll have you'll have to forgive us. Um, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, Chris, when we get complimented and we think it's we think it's criticism. 
Um, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Josh Sargent. I was singing his praises. Um, what surprises me about Josh, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way um, at all. It actually just shows maybe the fact that I'm just not well-researched in our new signing. <laughs> Josh Sargent, he's physical. He's a physical yes. man. Yeah, he is. Do you know what? I, what absolutely really got me going, Jack, really got me going, Go was on. Josh Sargent in the air. Oh, my God. He goes for everything in the air with full, brute American force. And I love that. There was opportunities, Jack, where it wasn't on. He was never going to win the header, but it didn't matter. He was into the back of the player, left, right. He was just going for it, all guns blazing. And that was the passion that we needed. And the reason why I was frustrated, Jack, that we went off, and I know that you had a bit of a hammy, I get that. He was the man that was working the hardest. He was giving his all. He was trying his best. And he was our only real creative outlet towards Team Pukki. I'm so impressed with Josh. So impressed. What do you think of him, Jack? Well, stay with me here because I think it might take some talking. But he is the hybrid of two of my favourite Norwich City strikers in my lifetime. And I'll tell you the two players. Where are you going here? Kai Kamara and Cameron Jerome. Kai Kamara? He is the hybrid of them two players. And let me talk you through it. He's got the pace and the agility of Cameron Jerome, and he has got the springiness, the ability to just bounce like a coiled spring of Kai Kamara. And that is the biggest compliment that I can give a striker. Mate, I'm Mate not... Kai Kamara was unbelievable. In the air. He, he yeah, did score yeah, one yeah. header. Yeah, exactly. He's, he scored for Norwich in the air. You complimented his heading. And I Cameron Jerome was a wonderful servant for Norwich City. It just his buzziness reminds me of him. I, I, I'm not sure you've had... The, and, and, I'll, and, I, and I will add, I've been incredibly positive there. So I will add a slight bit of pessimism just to, just to even things out. You're all over the place at the moment. No, no, this is, this is, this is uh... spot on analysis. I don't see... I don't think Josh Sargent is like an out-and-out finisher. When you look at Timu Puki, you're like, he's a finisher. I don't see Josh Sargent as that player, really. And, Mate, and I he's think, barely kicked the ball for us. How can no, you I'm, say I'm that? just saying on, on initial, an initial look, I think he's a different... And that's a compliment. I'm saying that he's, he's a different player to Timu Puki, and they yeah. need that. It's yin and yang. It's the yeah. red wine to the fillet steak. Ooh, it is a wonderful combination. Yeah. I think if you yeah. if you continue with that, I think you're on to good things. The only thing I didn't like with Josh Sargent, his interview after the game was incredibly dull. You got um, me. Uh, you got me going with the red wine and fillet steak. Combo. Who's the fillet steak and who's the red um, wine? Do you know what? I'm just the first time we've seen Timu Puki really play like Timu Puki this season was was with Josh. Because of the link-up play, the ones, the twos, the flicks, the way he was feeding the ball through to Timu. And to be fair, of course, Norman with the assist, which we've not even spoken about, Matthias Norman, who I thought was absolutely brilliant. He was a very close second man the match for me um, at, at the weekend, and followed by Pukin in third position. By the way, I can't believe Ozan Kabak got the official man of the match. Yeah, that was... Who gives... I uh, it's in the box, in it. And Terry yeah, Ozan and Kabak, much like um, much like Brandon Williams for me, like on large parts of the game, very good. And I thought you could yeah. tell he was a cut above. Like the the way yeah. he reminded me slightly of, and I'm I'm going to compare him to another player. You're going to laugh at a Virgil Van Dijk type, where he has the ability to collect the ball and just drive, and it looks so effortless. And then he has moments where he looks like sort of Ignacy Mikel and he's like just completely <laughs> losing players. And I was like, if we, can, if we can just sort of sand the edges of this little rough diamond, we're onto something here. Mate, I, I, your analogies are all over the place tonight, but it's, it's, good, me. it's good to hear some positivity from you. Let's move on to the next. And let, let me just, let, this, is, this is one of the worst comments I think I've ever seen. Simon Dwart, Aaron Wilbraham was better than Kamara. Can we put some respect on Kai Kamara's name? Can we? Put and this isn't this isn't a this isn't a, a criticism of Aaron Wilbraham, another goal scorer in the Premier League, a brilliant goal at that. But Kai Kamara was a brilliant player. Mate, facts don't care about feelings. Wilbrahamovic scored more. Look, I I talked to Kai. He's a lovely guy, but Wilbrahamovic scored so many more goals. How could yeah, you say he, that? He played a lot more games as well. Oh, can Norris just win a game so we can stop talking about this? <laughs> 
Mr. E, uh, are you lads going to away games? If not, watch along to get the wins back. Uh, also, wasn't there a pub crawl coming? Love the work. Pub crawl, yes. Be patient. Norwich. Uh, are we going to away games? Some. Will there be watch alongs? Possibly. Um, Mr. E, pub crawl. We need to wait until people don't want to kill us anymore. Watch alongs. <laughs> We have been um, we have been criticised for uh, not wearing our HMS Pistol League hats. Apparently, that was too happy clappy in the championship, despite the fact that we got what was it ninety six ninety seven points. Yeah. Um, and what was the next point? Away games. I'd love to. The ticket system isn't exactly ideal, um, but we'll do everything that we can to go to away games this season. The watch alongs a lot. They're, they're locked away forever as a yeah. trend. We might, we might do a few. You never know. It, it would be like Norwich bringing Lambert back. It was great at the time. Now it feels a bit wrong. Hey, don't say that, just in case. <laughs> right. I tell you who on. is on the market. Chris Hewitt. Oh, <laughs> mate. He was I know good at shutting up shop. Mate, our reputation has been dwindling lately. <laughs> that, that we are in the toilet now. <laughs> oh dear. What were we speaking oh. about? <laughs> we're, we're, well, both said, we both said oh dear at the same time there. Um, I think you were about to move on to the next part of the agenda. But before you do, we haven't talked enough about Matar. Sorry. Oh, hello. Craig over the stat. Can we, here we go. Can we, I, I think I know the answer to this and I'm very impressed. Can you name the, the teams in which they scored? I think they had one Premier League goal each. I think. Matthias Norman. Will Brahams was against Fulham. Kamara's was against Everton. Mate, I think that's right. Right. Matthias Norman. What a player. Uh, I thought we weren't getting carried away. Or are we getting carried away? (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. Remember, Jack, this is the therapy session. We've we've done the grievance. We've got it out of our system. Now we're trying to build the confidence back up into the support base. Uh, Right, I'll give... Let's let's do like they do feedback in in middle school. I'll give two positives and one negative. Okay, go on then. Positive, sexual assist. (laughs) Other positive, uh, some brilliant tackling. Negative completely lost his man for one of the goals. Oh, mate, yeah, but come on. That's, I... But that's a key component of his job, Chris. We can't just over... Well, mate, we can't, look, we can't just look over the, the negatives because he's got a nice shape, haircut. Mate, our shape was all over the shop and there was and no... partly difference. because of him. The defenders were miles up the pitch. Nowhere to be seen. Norman was stranded. He could, he wouldn't have got there in time. I'm, I'm defending... No, 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 no I'm not having that. Just because my time... Look, do you know what I like? Mata- do you know what I like about Matthias? He's got an element of calmness as well. I thought he was going to be a, just an out-and-out brute. But as well as a very, very good tackler of the ball, he's very, very calm, actually. And I like that about Matthias. And by the way, he can ping a ball, can't he? Very yeah. exciting player. But for me, I want someone along his side at the moment because I don't think he can do it all alone. I, th- I think I think it's irresponsible to say that he wasn't at fault for one of the goals. I think it, it, it was a big part because of him. I disagree. Well, if, if you disagree and he continues to do that, we will continue to lose football games. <laughs> and, and... Oh, you've lost your internet, Jack, or your mic. You've got some technical issues at the moment. Here we go. You're back. Oh, no, you're so not back. Jack's gone quiet. There you go. That's what happens when you talk so much shit, mate. <laughs> we can't hear you, mate. Um, oh, I can hear you now. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I was I was proving a brilliant point, but I was uh, I was silent. All I'm saying is, you can look over the Norman era, but if you do look over the Norman era and he continues to do that, we will continue to consider. Look, I'm just look. I'm time. just look. I, I am letting him off the hook in this one instance because he was is his first game, is his debut. No, I know, I know that. But... All over the shop by then, mate. No, I'm not. Like, I'm letting it go. I'm letting Matthias Norman go. Like, he was class in that game. You know, one t- one mistake. I know it led to the goal, but we've got to forgive him and move on. There's lots of there's. I think that's mental. There's lots. Of, oh, fine. I think you're wait, <laughs> mental. You've started comparing. Oh, you're ridiculous. Some of your comments started being ridiculous. Anyway, let's not argue live on air. Let's keep that behind the scenes. There is a lot of people that are putting this name into the discussion, and I can't let you escape it, Jack. One, 
two, three. I um, mean, comments I keep mean coming in. you you ask the question and I'll provide an answer. I, I can't go off simply Lucas Roop. Like, what do you want to know? Well, I... Yeah, I do you know what I don't even want I you know what no, I don't ask me, ask me the no, question. I'll do you know what? Do you know, <laughs> no, do you know what? I don't even want to open up that can of worms. Can no, no, I, let's do it. No, I don't want to do it. No, 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 and I'll and I'll provide right. Kenny McLean at fault for one of the goals criticized him. <laughs> Luke uh Matthias Norman at fault for one of the goals criticized him. When Lucas Roop's made mistakes before, I've criticised him. It's just often happened that he's made more mistakes than others. I don't mind Lucas Roop. I really don't mind Lucas Roop. Um, I just, he's not a Premier League footballer. And, Mate, and, and, some, of, and, and some of the performances from some of our players this, is, this season Mate, have, have also not been Premier League worthy. You're being too harsh towards Root. You really are. I don't want to open it up again. He's Let not a Premier League. Me. It's not harsh. It's It's factual. It's not factual. It is. Mate, it's your opinion. It's your no, opinion. No, it's backed up with facts. We haven't won football matches with him in the side. He, he hasn't scored in the league. Mate. He hasn't, well, he has got one assist Mate. in the league. Mate. You, you said let's talk about him, so I want to talk about him. Mate, turning into Arsenal fan TV here. We're Arsenal. not. Let's, let's move on. Look, oh, I, what about this suggestion? I mean, we've scored two goals all season, Craig. He would probably do better than, than what we've seen at the moment. Oh, right. This is interesting. Let's talk about this. Let's open up this. Um, this is my point, right? My point here is that what, like, I hate, I hate it when we lose. Do you know why I hate it when we lose, Jack? Because there is this horrible thing in the Norwich City fan base where it's so black and white. It's like you're either a happy clapper and you're in bed with the club. Or you're negative and you're not a true fan. Like, come on, guys. There's space in between. But thank you for the comment. I really appreciate it. Um, look, I agree with Jack Rots. I also disagree with Jack Rots. That's the healthy part of the game. And the disappointing thing for me, the very disappointing thing for me, is when it turns into nastiness. And, like, we don't need to bash each other. If I'm a, if I'm a happy clapper, yeah, all right, I'm a happy clapper. But I'm not. You know, I, I really don't think I am. I'm just po I'm just positive. And um, I think it's really important that we like we have critical discussion as well because there's no point in just agree. There's no point in just following people you agree with on Twitter, like not just in football but in life in general. If you can't have these critical discussions, you can't move forward. There are elements of Chris's arguments that are spot on, and that there are some that are utterly baffling, and there are there are there are oh. some and there are some arguments of, of me that are spot on and some that are wrong, and you just have to kind of wiggle your way through both of them and and come out on top at the end of the day there's a there's a reason why daniel farker mm. is in the dugout and we're sat drinking lukewarm budweiser in the barclay um so choose who you want to listen to big up to mike by the way who sits next to us in the barclay with with his lovely son who by the way was loving it well it, he was he's been taught young he's now <laughs> he's sticking it to the away fans and i love that from you mike i really really do look I really, really don't want to look. I know everyone said, like a lot of people are saying, "Oh, we've sold our best player with Emmy." Blah, blah, blah. Do you know what? Honestly, Mike, I love you loads, mate, but I'm bored of it. I actually really think that what we've got now going forwards is good enough. Rashidza on one side, Zolis on the other. Puki, who scored Premier League goals up top. Todd Cantwell, who scored goals in the Premier League time as that number 10. Oh, by the way, Billy Gilmore. Like, we've got the players. We've got the players. I just don't think we're implementing the right tactics going forwards. But most importantly, we're making some sloppy, sloppy errors defending. So actually, for me, Mike, if we shut up shop, I really don't think we'll be talking about Emmy Buendia. And, and, and just a quick point on Emmy. And, I, and I, look, you have to agree with Mike to a certain extent. Losing yeah, of course. Buendia, but... To, uh, to agree with you, Chris, like we had Emmy Buendia the last time we went down when, when we posted a, a pitiful amount of points on the board. So Emmy Buendia, I don't think would have changed anything this season. I think one of the players that Mike mentioned there in Oliver Skip would have done. And I think we I think we we may have a player in Matthias Norman who maybe is not on Skip's levels, but can 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 provide adequate kind of protection for the defence. Um, but losing Oliver Skip was huge for sure. Oh, yeah, but let's just move. Why are we still talking about Skip and Emmy? Come on. Because you have, 
I, I think you have to do that no, to provide confidence. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to back your your points up here. You've been positive. One of the reasons that's been out of our control. Now, just listen to me. One of the reasons that that has been out of our control with the the poor performances have been losing our two best players. So you have to, if you don't talk don't about agree. them, you're you're you're, you're I losing. I just don't agree. I just don't, you don't agree. agree with what you've made sloppy errors at the back. That's nothing to do with going forwards. But one of the reasons in, in why we've leaked goals is because we don't have a world class midfielder in front of them. That Oliver Skip was. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to back you up. Yeah, but I'm. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. Can I, we just? I yeah, agree with you. We should be looking forwards. But to ignore history is 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 incredibly. No, but we just. Incredibly... I mean, come on, we can't seriously still be. I love Emmy to bits. He's a lovely man, but we can't still be talking about Emmy. Come on, we've signed the players, the recruitment. Weber has done his job. He's signed top tier talent in terms of our club's budget, right? Players that so many people. Would you ever have expected us to sign the quality that we've signed this season? You wouldn't have. The recruitment's been right. The tactics and shape and individual errors haven't been haven't been good. Like that that's that's it is it's simple for me. Chris, I'm I'm very aware that um with your with your media responsibilities you need to get off soon. So we'll, we'll really do another got. 5 minutes of uh of chat and then you can go and prepare your your copious amounts of notes for your, for the Michael Bailey podcast which I'm sure people will be tuning into later. Just on Michael Bailey actually and I, and I was I was really impressed with Michael's reporting over the weekend because I think when it, when you because it fitted your narrative. No, no. <laughs> when when you are a journalist and you have relationships with a football club, it's very easy to yeah. slightly step off the gas slightly when things are going wrong. Michael's reporting was spot on. I think the the words of Daniel Farker today. Farker said he wanted to boo his own team. That reflects um, what similar to what Michael Bailey was saying. Michael Bailey called the performance against Watford a disgrace. And I think when Michael Bailey, one of the most calm-headed, uh, shrewd journalists out there, is calling the performance mm. that, I think those that felt negative are warranted to do so. I just wanted to say that. because, And not just Michael, actually. I think all of the local journalists, whether it's EDP, Radio Norfolk, Athletic, whoever, I think they're very good at, at not kind of listening to the party line and and saying what they feel. And I think that's incredibly important um, for a football club's news organisations. I just wanted to say that. I think that it's only the first time that it's happened this season, not Michael Bailey. I think the reason why you've, I think the reason why you've got so much stick is that you were one of the first, one of the first people with a platform to actually you know, really criticise one player or, 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 or the tactics or, or Daniel Farker. Uh, Michael Bailey's an absolute world-class journalist. We're so lucky to have him. Um, but I do think there's been a lot of Twitter tap-ins from uh, not journalists, but by so many people at the moment. So, yeah. The, I might do this, not the watch-along highlights, Liam, that you've done, but I might, <laughs> after this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to crack open another Lakens, use my 20% off code in the description, and I'm going to watch the highlights back of Norwich beating Huddersfield 7, yeah. 7-0 or 7-1? 7-0, come on, we didn't concede that lot, did I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to watch the brilliance of Emmy Buendia and Oliver Skip and just think that that was really Chris Reed. Are you not gonna? Are you not gonna watch the on the ball pod with me, Michael Bailey, Steve Saunders? And well, look, what time does that start? Eight o'clock. Yeah, eight o'clock kickoff, mate. Oh, I've, got time. I've, got, I've got time for both of them. <laughs> Good. Next, um, are we going to beat Everton? Well, I don't. Oh come want... on! If you, you, you've been Mister Positive throughout, and then hit me with a sigh when the big question comes. I just can't. You can't fade now, Chris. You've been doing okay. so well. Okay, here's here's look, here's my thought process. In every single TNC opposition preview so far this season, I've backed us for the win. Every single one. And every single time it's been thrown in my face. So I'm gonna go with some reverse psychology this time. And I'm gonna say, just like I did last time we went to Goodison, really tough game, and I think we'll lose. Okay. Okay. What about Liverpool? Uh, absolutely not a clue. I don't know what the result... I, I have no idea about how we're going to go into it. 
how it's going to work, what the tactics will be, what team Liverpool will turn up with, what the mood will be like in, in, inside Carrow Road. I've not a clue what to expect. Um, and that exact, that is exactly why you should tune in for that kind of expert. <laughs> Are you going? We're not, we're not experts. That's the point, Jack. We're not we're not experts. That's the thing. It really Are you going? really is. Um no, I'm not going no, to. No, I'm not going. Um I'm gonna go, we're gonna beat Liverpool. And I and I strongly believe we're gonna beat Liverpool. I'm really pumped to you about this one, actually. You are and we are going to draw with Everton, and that will be the foundation to kick wow. off. There you go. There's my positivity, and I think that's justified positivity as well. Love it. Love it. Brilliant. Good. Nice to hear it from you. Well, that's an hour. Thank you so much to it. That flew by. That was really cathartic. So thanks, Chris, for listening. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to me as well. And thanks to everyone who's watched along and commented and left lovely super chats. Uh, you can follow us. I'm at Jack Reeve TNC. He's at Chris Reeve. If you'd like to get some of Yarmouth's finest beer, and it is the world's best ale. I'm not just saying that. It has been voted the world's best ale. There's 20% off Lakens in the description below. We'll be back tomorrow for a review and there'll be tons of content this week as we look to the big game on Saturday. It's Everton at Goodison Park. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. Stay safe. See you later. Bye-bye.